Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On NFL Podcast. Louis DiBiase here alongside one of your uh, full-time co-hosts. It's Matt Williamson. You can follow him on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. If you guys don't know me, I'm the host of the Locked On Eagles podcast, filling in on this Wednesday edition of the show for Brian. Matt, good to talk to you, man. We've never done a show together, but I'm really excited today to go around the league, talk about some uh, real newsworthy uh, topics, get into some Eagles talk, and it should be a fun conversation. No, no doubt. I'm really looking forward to it, Louie. This is going to be a blast. We're going to have you on many times going forward. But you were going to have you on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, which starts up next week. Mm-hmm. I've been pe- telling everyone about it. The, the Locked On NFL Network show, the Locked On NFL, will continue. You guys can keep listening at that. But I need you, I need you, I need you to go and subscribe to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, which will be exactly like you're used to hearing it on this one, but just with a different name. So, But we just need you to do that to uh, get our download numbers up and leave a review if, while you're at it. Absolutely. So make sure you guys go subscribe to that podcast on any platform. You can also subscribe to Locked on NFL on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Locked on NFL and also Locked on Eagles. I don't know if there's any Eagles fans out no there doubt. that listen to Locked on NFL, but if you don't listen to Locked on Eagles, you can also subscribe to that podcast on any platform. Also on LockedOnEagles.com. Me and Matt will get into some Eagles talk today as the Birds reignited contract talks with tight end Zach Ertz. But before we get into that. Matt, let's go around the league, get into some key injury topics that we have to discuss. But before we get into that, obviously yourself as a Pittsburgh guy, a former scout at Pitt, someone that works on Steelers Nation Radio, I'm sure this topic means a lot to you. Pro Football Hall of Fame, the contributor committee selected former Steelers Super Scout Bill Nunn as a finalist for the class of 2021. So obviously, Matt, that's really big news and it's awesome to hear. Yeah, and I, I want to tell the story, to be honest with you. So I'm going to monopolize the airwaves here just for a minute Go because <laughs> you know, it, it, he doesn't – much like Coach Flores, it was just announced, he doesn't have to go against anyone. He just needs to get an 80% vote from the committee mm-hmm. to get inducted. And that's really just a formality. So Bill Nunn will, 99% chance, will be going to the Hall of Fame. And he'll be the first true scout to do so. Right. And here's his story. So I was a former scout with the Browns, and that's my background. And I'm in Pittsburgh and tied up, tied in with the Steelers. So this hits home double but also in where the world is right now, racially and whatnot, I just right. wanted to tell Bill Nunn's story because, boy, did he break ground. And he was a – he worked for a, a newspaper that was based here in Pittsburgh. But it wasn't a Pittsburgh paper. It wasn't a local paper. It was a very African-American mm-hmm. publication for the day, and it was a national – publication that they sent copies all over the country all over you know and he was a big deal with that but one of his responsibilities for that newspaper was every year he would do an awful lot of homework and was really really dialed in with the what we call now the historically black colleges and he would publish the historically black all-American team you know like there was always the all-americans and you go to playboy and they'd have the all-americans but nobody was honoring that area and so he did that year after year and he was a real advocate for you got to look at these guys nfl i mean it's great football down here um there's tremendous prospects and 
it got some attention, but there was no internet back then. And I mean, obviously it's a different world and this is, you know, 50, 60 years ago. And then Dan Rooney here in Pittsburgh, who owned the team, got to know Mr. Nunn well and said, Hey, this is awesome information. Why don't you come work for us instead? And of course he did. And he stuck with the paper for a while. And then mm-hmm. he came to the Steelers and helped them. One of the, the stories of why the Steelers of the seventies were so good was they were one of the only teams in the league bringing in people from those colleges at the time. Sure. And Donnie shell, uh, Stallworth, Blunt, Greenwood is a very, very long list and many Hall of Famers that the Steelers built their team around because of Bill Nunn. And then, in turn, there, there's obviously a ripple effect that many more African-American scouts were hired after Bill Nunn. They don't win the Super Bowls without Bill Nunn. A lot of those young men of color that would have went to Grambling or one of those schools, now the doors were opened and they realized how talented and what they could bring to a football team. Now they go to Bama and USC and Florida State. So it's a pretty amazing story. And because the Hall of Fame is put on hold this year, mm-hmm. Bill Nunn's going to go in with Donnie Shell, and there could be there will be at least four Steelers in there, and maybe five with Alan Fanica. So. It's 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 a big deal, and it's a big deal to my hometown. It's a big deal to the scouting community. It's a big deal to the African-American community. He was way ahead of his time and did tremendous work to help build a dynasty as well as just open doors for so many people. Absolutely. So well-deserved. Again, a guy that helped build the Steelers dynasty of the 70s and what he did for the African-American community. It's going to be awesome to celebrate that next summer in the 2021 class for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Let's continue to move around the league, Matt. Let's stay in the AFC North and talk about the Cleveland Browns. Some sad news. The rookie safety Grant Delpit tore his Achilles at practice going to be out for the season and you always hate to see this especially for such a promising rookie I mean Matt this was another one of those potential positionless players right like Buda Baker today that got signed by the Arizona Cardinals to a long-term deal somebody that could play safety you know in the box uh, in the slot at cornerback you know pass rushing Delpit at LSU wore a lot of hats and he was going to probably do that again for Cleveland so to see him miss the entire season uh, that's really unfortunate it is and this time last year Anyone would have told, told you, oh, Delpit's a surefire first rounder. I mean, he's a top 20 pick. He right. might be, he'll be the first safety off the board. He could go top 10. Didn't have a great senior year. Missed a lot of tackles was one of his, you know, big problem areas. And he was also playing injured. Mm-hmm. But the Browns get him at the beginning of the th- second round and basically is penciled in as a starter. And why I really wanted to bring this up is, first of all, he's highly talented, as you mentioned. I think he does his best work as a deep center fielder, but can do a lot of things. Um, But I really worry now, the Browns' safety linebacker, second, third level, middle of the field defense is really worrisome to me now. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't an area of strength to begin with. Some people were falling. There's no, there hasn't really been any good news on that front, and hey, that's where Lamar Jackson attacks, you know, I mean, that's, right. you know, it's just not an area in the uh, on defense you want to be weak nowadays, so I think this is a big deal, and maybe it's a landing spot for Earl Thomas. That's true, it does open up something in that area if they want to 
go that route uh, with the Browns. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. But again, for Delpit, it really does stink. I mean, obviously, this was a player, like you said, that, and for me too, I thought even with the tackling issues, he was talented enough. He was versatile enough to be a first round pick. And even though he slipped, you know, through the cracks there on day one, I still thought he was going to be a big time contributor. And in the AFC North, I mean, like you said, you mentioned Lamar Jackson and the matchup you got to deal with there. Having that positionless type of player, you know, like a Delpit is going to be crucial for that kind of uh, matchup. And also, you know, with yep. Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger coming back and the Cincinnati Bengals add Joe Burrow and A.J. Green coming back, and they take T. Higgins in the second round. The AFC North is not short of offensive firepower, so uh, for the Browns to lose while an unproven rookie safety, uh, still somebody that was going to, to me, carry a big role on defense, so it's definitely unfortunate. Yeah, it's just an area of the defense that they can't afford to lose anybody right now. Right. I'd be concerned. All right, let's move over to the AFC West and continue to get through this uh, injury portion of Lockdown NFL. Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams may not be ready to start the season. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, Matt, this is somebody coming off his best season of his career. 49 catches last year for 1,001 yards, a league high 20.4 yards per catch in 2019. And this is someone, you know, I work in Buffalo uh, for the Buffalo Bills radio affiliate, so I've had my share of uh, Tyrod Taylor games that I've watched. And Mm. while he's not a very complete starting quarterback, one thing that Tyrod can do is push the football down the field, you know, along the sidelines. And I think Mike Williams is going to be a target that, Tyrod's going to want to go to this year for as long as he's the starter. We'll see, you know, when they finally go to Justin Herbert, but we don't know how long Williams will be out, but this is a player that's instrumental to that offense. Yeah, I mean, highly talented. I think he was the sixth or seventh overall pick a few mm-hmm. years back. You can certainly see why. As you mentioned, he's a downfield threat, can go up and get it. Very physical. I think his best football is ahead of him. But why I really wanted to bring this up, it's newsworthy, we bring it up no matter what, but. I think the Chargers have some weapons, but I think their receiver depth is pretty poor, too. It's worrisome, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And if you look at this team, they're one of these teams that there's there's a lot of change. And new quarterback, I think they're going to implement some Raven-like concepts on offense. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that there's not as much continuity as you think. Some new pieces on the offensive line. And now you're going to have to, you know, maybe get by for a little while without a pretty darn good player. So, uh, as is often the case this year, a lot of the news around the league is rough stuff. Yeah, it stinks. I mean, before week one, especially I know as an Eagles guy here, I'm very well versed in the injury report and uh, just how that can just decimate a team. Uh, and before the season even starts, again, it, this is the part of the year where you hate to hear about all these injuries to key pieces. I mean, you want the NFL, you want across the league these players to be healthy because Mike Williams makes the Chargers more entertaining. Grant Delpit makes that Browns defense better. So uh, those are some key injuries in the AFC. Coming up next, me and Matt, we'll get into some Eagles talk. Zach Ertz and the Eagles are re-engaging those contract extension talks with Travis Kelsey getting a deal done a couple weeks ago. Same with George Kittle. So it's time to pay the tight ends around the NFL and we'll get into that. And today's podcast is sponsored by DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Myself, somebody that produces overnight in radio, 
can't really leave the board, so DoorDash is crucial for me if I want to get food from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. And ordering is really easy. All you got to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely right outside the door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. They have over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia that you can support. Many of your local favorites are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at the door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKDOWN. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download Download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKDOWN. We also want to give a shout out today to Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. It's a family biz serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, mortar oil, and you name it. Way more, even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door make sure you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck write down locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right everybody welcome back into this wednesday edition of locked on nfl louis dibiase here alongside matt williamson All right, Matt, let's get into some Eagles talk here. The Eagles and Zach Ertz have restarted contract talks. The Eagles tried to get him locked up during the season, uh, but talks did stall. It seems like fitting timing that they're re-engaging in those talks now uh, with the big contract extension for Kansas City Chiefs uh, tight end Travis Kelsey. Same with San Francisco 49ers tight end George Kittle. They're both getting historic deals for the position I think it's fitting that Ertz is the next guy being like, that's that first tier of elite tight ends. It's Kelsey, it's Kittle and it's Ertz. Yeah. I want to get to the football side of it in a minute, but every one of these signings and and anyone's been listening to us, my biggest fear through this COVID situation is if the cap goes down dramatically, we're going to be, it's going to be catastrophic. And every one of these signings, starting with Mahomes yesterday, I talked about Buda Baker Kenny Clark right before that. There's many, many, many of them where foundational pieces are getting extensions. And why I really want to stress it with this Ertz conversation, as you know better than anybody, mm-hmm. there's not a team in the league that is more <laughs> cash strapped than the Eagles going sure. into next year. And if they do a big deal done for the going rate, that just tells me that these owners aren't worried about a thing. No, that's 100% true. And with Howie Roseman, too, I've kind of trained myself to not look too deep into the cap um, part of this, the impact that the salary cap has on these kind of contracts, because every year it looks like the Eagles need to make all these, you know, they, they, they need to cut costs and save all this money, and then Howie Roseman finds a way to continue to lock up the core of this roster. And although next year right now the projection is they're going to be about 67, if the cap is what it's estimated to be in 2021, it looks like they're going to be $67 million over the cap. But right. no matter what, Zach Ertz was not going to be a part of the puzzle of getting that number down. I mean, they want to keep Zach Ertz long term. They're going to make other roster moves to get that number down. And you look, Howie Roseman's one of the best 
general managers when it comes to managing the cap and finding creative ways to keep this core intact. So while it does look daunting for what their task is salary cap wise next year, especially with the state of the NFL right now, um, I've learned to be confident in Howie that he'll find a way to get it done on the cap. And that makes perfect sense. And it's really well said because they're always up against it. They have a, star, a star-studded roster, yep. and they always get it done, and they always compete, and they're a classic. They're a class organization. But just the fact that the team that's in the worst trouble is going to spend money going forward makes me think these owners know a thing or two and sure, aren't yeah. exactly hurting for cash. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's talk our a little bit. Like sure. to me. I was curious if this would happen or not. I mean, part of it was the cap situation, but obviously Dallas Goddard's waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have a better number two successor, compliment, however you want to say it, that maybe you would let Ertz go, spend it elsewhere, whatever. But I also think, and again, you're, you can reiterate this, that mm-hmm. Ertz is a core member of this team. He's too important. He has t- too good a rapport with Wentz that you, you have to keep him. And maybe he's not a young player anymore. But one thing I talk about a lot about tight ends, and Ertz is a perfect example, they fade away slow. I mean, once they learn the tricks of the trade, how to set up defenders, use their body, sit down in zones, run through man, they don't fall off a cliff quick. I mean, Jason Witten runs like me, and he can still play. I mean, like <laughs> Gonzalez and Gates yep. and so many of these great ones just last forever, and they can't run a lick. So uh, investing in Ertz makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but in terms of the numbers, if I'm negotiating with Ertz's agent, I have to say, hey, we love you. We know you've been to Pro Bowls. You've caught a lot of passes. I can't give you Kittle Kelsey money. Mm-hmm. but I'll make you richer than Austin Hooper. Right. Uh, so where I stand here with this, look, of course I want Zach Ertz in Philadelphia long-term. I mean, when you have that kind of chemistry with your franchise quarterback, Ertz is Wentz's go-to target. And like you said, I think Ertz, especially at tight end, you know, you talked about the likes of Tony Gonzalez and Jason Witten, how they are able and were able to play late into their 30s because of how they play, especially like Ertz compared to Kittle and Kelsey. He doesn't rely on, you know, yards after the catch, you know, in the screen game, right. his athleticism, Speed. explosiveness. Right. Yeah, he doesn't rely on that kind of uh, game like those other tight ends do. So Ertz, especially with how, you know, he relies on his hands, route running, ability to create separation as a technician, I think he'll age really well. So, and of course, you don't win a Super Bowl without Zach Ertz. I mean, converting fourth and one in the second half when you're down 33-32 in your own territory against the Patriots, catching the game winner. I mean, this is probably a future Hall of Famer right now that's on pace to match you know, Tony Gonzalez's numbers. Um, so with all that being said, it makes sense the Eagles are prioritizing Ertz. They want to keep him long-term in Philadelphia. For me, if I'm Howie Roseman, I don't know. Not that, again, I don't want Ertz in Philadelphia long-term. I would preach patience, though, because you mentioned Dallas Goddard, and Dallas Goddard in two years is also going to be up for a new contract. Zach Ertz still has two more years on his current contract. So for me, I don't know. I almost want to play it out because I want to see in two years. It has nothing to do with Ertz. It more so is a compliment to Goddard. Already after two years, Dallas Goddard's one of the best blocking tight ends in football. He's utilized way more in the screen game and with explosive plays, unlike Ertz. And I think right now, yes, Ertz is the superior tight end, but in two years, 
I'm not sure if that gap's going to be as wide, and Goddard is four years younger. So at, at that point, there's a question you're going to have to ask is, okay, can we keep both? Right now, maybe they think we can keep both. We'll pay Ertz, and down the road, we'll try to convince Goddard to stay. I don't think they're going to be able to keep both. I don't think Goddard is going to want to sign a long-term deal in Philadelphia if Ertz is in Philadelphia long-term. And for me, I'm mm. not sure if I want to keep anyway two, both, uh, both of them anyway. Do I want to pay two tight ends, top receiver money? At that point, I would hope you have three legitimate starting receivers where, I don't know, I would rather be a, a, an 11-personnel-centric offense where I don't have to play two tight ends over 50% of the time. So that's where my head is at. It's, of course, I want Ertz. I want him with the Eagles long-term. But Dallas Goddard, um, in a couple years, that that's a factor here that I think they should be thinking more about. And I'm, I'm sure they're thinking about it. For me, though, that's why I'd maybe want to wait. That's a great way of looking at it. And that's not the that's the business decision. That's not the sentimental decision. Right. You know, Ertz's contract's not up at the moment. You can wait. And will Goddard want to come back if Ertz is already in tow? Second fiddle forever. There's 20 teams in the league that I could be their top guy without a blink of an eye. Right. And you're right. I mean, I don't know that you want to be a heavy 12 personnel team. And they, they brought in a lot of receivers this year. They may bring more going forward that they want to open things up. Wentz is a gunslinger type. And it's something you mentioned there I was about to ask you is Ertz, we, we all agree Ertz is the better football player right this minute. For sure. I don't even know a year from now that I'll say that, let alone two. Right. That's that's my thing. Again, it's I don't want to make it seem like I'm anti-Zach Hurts um, because right. he is such a good player. And again, like we said, but we both said, I think Ertz can play into his late 30s, 36, 37, where he's still making plays. It's just Goddard, and like you said, a year, he's already an elite blocking tight end. You see what he did for that team down the stretch last year. Some of the big plays he made, I mean, it's incredible. And he's just got another level, a different, I should say, element of his game that the likes of Kelsey and Kittle have that Zach Ertz doesn't. So right now, Ertz is still the better player. But in a couple years, again, even if you say we want to keep both of these players, if I'm Dallas Goddard and I see the Eagles sign Ertz to a long-term deal where they're paying him top receiver money, and I look at eventually they're going to have hopefully three quality starting wide receivers. So right now, yeah, I might be out there more than 50% of the time in 12 personnel. But down the road, am I going to have those opportunities still if Ertz is still here and the receiver uh, the receiver picture improves? So that's a thing you got to think about. And at that point, it's you might lose Goddard. Are you willing to lose Dallas Goddard over Zach Ertz? It's a fascinating topic. It's a really interesting one. Again, right now it looks like they're prioritizing Ertz, and it makes sense for all the reasons we said, but I think this is more complicated than maybe some people make it out to be. Yeah, and two years from now, do you want to be paying out $25, 28 $30 million to your tight end room? Right, and to me, <laughs> like I don't know drop. if I want to do that. I mean, again, you look right. at... Look at the past Super Bowls. George Kittle's been in the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski on a consistent basis. Having that kind of tight end is is huge for an offense. The Eagles huge. just happen to have two of them, though. I'm not saying I want both to leave. Right now, especially, those two are going to be crucial with the question marks the Eagles have at receiver. It's just, again, in two years, do you want to invest that like $30 million a year at that position when hopefully eventually you have receivers that can spread out the field and can make plays for you. So it's uh it's again, an interesting situation for now though. It remains to me the best tight end combo in the league and it's going to be crucial for this offense. 
Guys, it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBMD have amazing duos that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Welcome back in, everybody, to Lockdown NFL. Matt, I guess we'll wrap up the show by saying, you know, when it comes to the Eagles, hopefully a clean bill of health, but Carson Wentz finally having more than two, three options and actually having some explosive options that can make his job easier, um, that's really big time, and it could be huge, like getting him back into that MVP conversation like he was in 2017. Um, Whereas the last couple years, like he's been able to carry this offense that really has not been able to produce at that same level as 2017, but hopefully it's, it's just easier for him him and this entire team in 2020 where they're not five and seven they're not six and seven having to dig themselves out of these crazy holes that they have but I just I hope everything is easier and you know us talking about this offense uh at least you know it's it's on paper in the the preseason here but um I'm definitely optimistic about Carson Wentz and his uh his cast of weapons yeah I would be too and I think it's safe to say that Jackson Rager Sanders, Ertz, Goddard will lead the skill position players in snaps. I agree. Yep. And then, you know, JJ, Greg Ward, hopefully maybe Quez Watkins or John Hightower, your fifth or sixth round picks can be surprises this year. It's an exciting, it's an unproven bunch, Matt. This is how I'll wrap it up. I would say it's an unproven bunch of players, but it's certainly an exciting, versatile group that finally has that speed element that, they haven't had since they had Deshaun Jackson the first time around. And, of course, you had Torrey Smith in 2017. But they've been trying to add that element to this offense through Torrey Smith, Mike Wallace, Golden Tate, uh, Deshaun oh, Jackson. looking forever. Yeah. Right. And finally this year, Howie Roseman said, screw it. We're going to bring in five. And remember, they traded for Marquise Goodwin, <laughs> right. who right. opted out. So he's like, uh, yeah. just find me anybody that oh, can run a 4-3. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, again, Al Jeffrey's a good football player. Yeah, you know that's – Exactly. Maybe he sits out on pup for a while, comes back right. in week eight and looks good. You know, like let's not you know, dig a grave for him quite right. yet. There's a lot of question marks, but there's a lot of excitement in Philadelphia right now on offense. You can find Matt Williamson on Twitter at Williamson NFL. You can follow me, Louis DiBiase, on Twitter at DiBiase LOE. Again, be sure to subscribe to Locked on NFL on any podcast platform. Uh, Matt, any last thoughts, any last plugs? It was great to do a show with you, and hopefully we can do it again down the road. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have you on the new show, and this was a blast, and thanks for filling in. Absolutely. Really, really fun show. We'll see you guys again tomorrow on Lockdown NFL.